Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. Oh, and by the way, as you listen to this episode from the audiobook, The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud, keep in mind, you can download your very own copy of it by visiting www.audible.com. And you can find the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven on Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. On today's episode, we'll bring you chapters four and five of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud. And each week, we'll take a visit to Jenny's Corner, where we'll get to hear from Jenny Cody herself, the creator of the Epic Order of the Seven. Jenny will give us the inside scoop on all her stories, her inspiration, how she comes up with these great ideas, and much more. And she'll read letters from her loyal listeners, maybe even yours. Well, let's get started, shall we? Here's Max and Liz. Well, thank you, Mr. Announcer Lad. He does that real well, doesn't he? He's getting better. Hey, ah! I can hear you, you know. Well then, you are welcome, monsieur. Uh, we'll take it from here, though. Uh, merci. He shouldn't sneak up on you like that. Oh, I agree. Uh, so, Max, in the last episode, uh, you had just left your uh, BFF, Gilliman, to follow the fire cloud. Aye, twas one of me saddest days ever, lass. But I just knew I were supposed to leave the glen. But, uh... How did you know, Max? I don't know how I knew I knew. I just knew that I knew. All right, son. I mean, I knew it in me heart. Gilliman had told me I was in the hands of the Maker and that there was no better place to be and that I could even talk to him. And he told me to take one of the reeds with me so it would remind me of the voice that called to me in the first place. Oh, he truly sounds wise. So, mes amis... Let's all find out how that went, as we continue on to Chapter 4 of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud, entitled The Reed. Uh, no, lass, you've got to roll the R. Reed. The Reed. Don't worry, ah! she'll get better. Stop sneaking up on us, then. <laughs> Sorry. Or, uh, uh excusez-moi. Hm. Touché, monsieur. <laughs> I was just teasing. Anyway, here's chapter four, in English. Chapter four, The Reed. Come here, you crazy piece of grass, Max fussed, as he desperately tried to catch a reed blowing back and forth in the brisk wind. He finally grabbed the reed with his strong teeth and tightly clamped it between his jaws. Tug, tug. Tug he went as he put his full weight on his hind legs low to the ground. His front feet dug into the soft muck surrounding the reed. Max pulled and pulled, then jerked his head side to side as he growled through clenched teeth. Come here, come here, come here! Snap! The reed broke off and Max went tumbling backward, landing on the marshy bank. Aye, I knew you'd come to me, you stubborn stick! Max jumped up, gave a good shake from tip to tail, flicking mud everywhere. He picked up the reed and took off running through the meadow. It took Max several hours to reach the edge of the glen. As he came to the big creek that separated the glen from the unknown place, Max stopped and sat down. 
He had been running for miles on end with the exhilaration of his grand adventure. Although sad to leave Gilliman, he was tingling from the tip of his ears to the tip of his tail with excitement. But now was the moment of truth as he reached the border of all he knew and loved. Max sat and looked across the big creek to the land that lies beyond, tongue hanging out as he panted to cool down. This is it, lad, Max said to himself. No turning back once you cross the big creek. Wait, what am I saying then? After I cross... Aye, water. Why'd it have to be water of all things? Walking by the water wasn't a problem for Max, neither was splashing and playing at the water's edge, but crossing it was a different matter entirely. For a moment, Max hesitated, looking back toward the glen. Maybe he should go back and not leave the glen, Gilliman, and all his friends. But he knew in his heart that that was not the right choice. He looked up and saw the fire cloud, feeling it beckoning him to take the next step, if only Gilliman were here. I need you, Gilliman, said Max. But there he sat, alone, not a sound but the rushing water in front of him and the rhythm of his panting breath. It looked totally impossible. There was no way he could jump across the creek. It was way too far for Max's short legs to carry him, and swimming was out of the question. I don't see a way across. This looks impossible to me, sighed Max. He closed his eyes. He could almost hear Gilliman whispering to him, He will give you a revelation and show you what to do. Max, know that you are loved and that you are able. Max's heart grew warm. He was loved, indeed, and love can empower even the smallest of creatures to do great things. He was able, indeed, he knew. But sometimes there remains a big gap between the knowing and the doing. Max decided to do as Gilliman had taught him. He got very still and, looking up at the fire cloud burning brilliantly in the southern sky, began to talk to the Maker. Uh, hello, Maker? Um, Max here. I'm not very good at water, you see. If you have indeed called me to come to you, well, uh, tell me, how is it I'm to cross this big creek? There was no reply. Max forgot to ask Gilliman what a reply sounded like or even looked like. He guessed he would just have to figure this one out on his own. So he sat a while. He sat a while longer. And he sat a little while after that. He heard nothing. He saw nothing. Perhaps this was because his eyes were still closed. Max felt the words come in his heart. Open your eyes. Look to the left. Max opened his eyes and looked at the rushing water of the big creek in front of him. He looked to his left and noticed a large tree log floating toward him, bobbing up and down. Max was amazed that the water could carry something so large so easily. Take your reed and hold it out over the water, whispered the voice. What? Uh, how's that going to help me then? replied Max. Trust me, answered the voice. 
Max looked up at the fire cloud, not sure he was hearing correctly. But he did as he was told. He took his reed and held it out over the water. The bobbing log suddenly floated closer to him and slowly turned until it was wedged between the banks of the big creek. Aye, a bridge! I'm grateful to you, Maker! Ah, well enough! Now I have no excuse to keep me from crossing! Max jumped onto the log. It rolled slightly under his weight. He started to walk slowly across the big creek, trying not to look down, but it was too late. He gulped as he saw the water rushing under him, swirling and making white foam as it carried leaves along to an unknown destination. The log was covered with slime, and Max began to slip. Max took the reed in his mouth and steadied himself by wedging it in a knothole in the log. Phew, that were close, he said to himself. Gilliman were right for me to bring along this reed. Max's strong legs regained a good footing on the log, and he continued across. As he jumped off, he felt the log give way and slide into the rushing currents of the creek. Aye, I do not know me own strength. Max landed on the soft grassy bank with a thump and a harump. The maker had provided a way across when it looked impossible. Max remembered another Gillimanism. The Maker will never ask you to do something without giving you the ability to do it. Aye, Gilliman, ye were right. Giddy right, me friend, Max thought to himself with a smile. He looked back toward the glen. It was as if a door closed behind him now that he stood on the other side of the creek. No turning back, Max said. I best be on me way. Off he trotted into uncharted territory. No longer was he in a land he knew inside and out. Now he would see if the courage he had in the glen would remain in this new land. The sun was setting and Max was tired. He looked up at the fire cloud and saw that it had stopped. Max decided it was time to rest for the night. Realizing he was quite hungry, he used his large nose to find a blackberry bush and ate until he was full to bursting. Then he plopped down next to a big boulder just inside a small cave and lay down. He was tired and sore and alone. I, oh, I would like to have a friend with me, Max said with a long yawn. "'Tis a lonely thing to travel so far with nothing but a stick and a cloud for company." The sky was going black, but the cloud was white against it, the fire lighting up the night sky. It comforted Max to know the fire cloud remained lit above him. He fell asleep quickly after a long day of trotting across Scotland, and he dreamed of home. Ah, sweet dreams indeed. Well, Max, it's a good thing you had that reed. I, I mean, that reed. <laughs> it seems to have some uh, special abilities. Uh, more like it were a special tool, because the maker were helping me use it to get across the creek. I guess when you're working together with the maker, he'll do some amazing things in your life. We. Oui. Like helping a doggy who doesn't like the water. <laughs> Aye, even that. <laughs> well, we have time to bring another chapter today. Ah, tis great. 
because we get to bring in some new characters. Well, I don't know if new is quite the right word, hmm. for these characters are people, uh, humans, and they are some of the first people ever to live. You have heard of uh, Adam and Eve? <laughs> well, of course I've heard of Adam and Eve, the first people ever. Well, a few generations later came their descendant, uh, Lemech, and his son, Noah. Ah, Noah. I've heard of that fellow too, then, eh? We, <laughs> oui. In Chapter 5, we get to learn a little about each of these ancient fathers, Adam, Lemech, and Noah. Chapter 5. Adam, Lamech, and Noah. Adam's eyes fluttered as he awakened. Slowly pulling himself to sit up, he stretched his arms around his legs and listened to the sounds of morning. The lush foliage around him was covered with dew, and the smell of blooming flowers was exquisite. He looked up to see a pair of birds flying overhead, chirping their morning hellos. Adam rubbed his side. Something felt oddly wonderful, although nothing appeared to be out of the ordinary on this beautiful morning. Finally pushing himself off the ground from where he had been sleeping, Adam saw the most beautiful creature standing in front of him. It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper for him. Adam heard the voice echo in his spirit as he gazed in wonder and awe at the most beautiful living thing to ever enter the garden. Adam's hand again rubbed his side as he looked at this living human smiling back at him. Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. You shall be called woman because you were taken from man, he said, walking over to her. Tracing his finger across her cheek, he softly smiled and said, I shall name you Eve, because you will be the mother of all men. She smiled and placed her hand atop Adam's as he cupped her face. They shared a deep gaze of excitement and awe that was suddenly broken by the sound of animals. The garden was teeming with them. Have you named everything here? Eve asked looking around and reaching out to touch a beautiful white flower next to her. Adam extended his hand and smiled, saying, Come. Lamech coughed and tried to prop himself up on the wall of the cave, pulling the heavy blanket higher on his chest. Noah's heart ached to hear his elderly father cough like that. At age 777, Noah knew his father would not live much longer. Gently, Noah brought a cup of water to Lamech's lips as the old man struggled to rise up and drink. After much effort, Lamech dropped his head back against the wall. The fire's light glimmered on the faces of Noah and Lamech as they just sat inside the mouth of the cave and listened to the burning wood crackle. Noah forced a smile and studied the raindrop-shaped mark just under the right eye of his aged father's cheek. I'm sorry, Father, bringing you here and asking you to tell these stories over and over only tires you, Noah said as he patted the blankets around Lamech. The wise old man shrugged and said, It's important. 
These are things you must know. I wish I had known our great father, Noah said. A smile came to Lamech's lips. He was a kind, humble man. I spent much time with him in my youth. Lamech's breathing grew labored. He was too tired to continue. Rest, father. I'll come back later and hear how he named some of the flowers, Noah said as Lamech nodded and closed his eyes. Noah knew time was precious, but he knew that for now his father needed to sleep. He quietly stepped out of the cave into the sunlight. Imagine getting to meet Adam. Uh, well, I think we just did the last. You know what I mean, a face to face, the first person ever. Oh, I would have so many questions for him and Eve. Oh, I know you would. You're quite the curious kitty then. Well, you might not get to ask questions of Adam and Eve, but I know someone you can ask all the questions you care to, and she'll be answering them too. Oh, you mean Miss Jenny, but of course, it is time for Jenny's Corner. With our bunny author lass, Miss Jenny L. Cody. Hey, Max and Liz. I've received some questions from some readers, so let's see what some of those are. How long does it take to write a book? Well, that can vary. It really depends on how much research I have to do, which really usually is a lot. When I wrote The Ark, Three, and the Fire Cloud, it took me about two years, but I was not writing full-time. When I first started my writing journey, I was working actually at a children's hospital. And so I wasn't spending all the time writing it full-time, so that took me about two years. But then when I started writing full-time, I became a faster writer. The Dreamer, the Schemer, and the Robe took me about three months to write, which I can't believe. <laughs> the Prophet, the Shepherd, and the Star took me about three months. Book four, The Roman, the Twelve, and the King took four months. But then when I finally got up to books five and six on Acts up to Rome, those took me about nine months. And now that I'm in the American Revolution doing a five-book series, those books are taking me about two years each. And if you look at the bibliography and the backs of all of my books, they're getting longer and longer and longer. And a lot of that is because the further we get along in history, the more that we know and have books written about. And so I would say right now it's taking me about two years to write a book. And don't forget, we want to hear your questions and even read your letters. Email me at Jenny at epicorderoftheseven.com. Thanks, Miss Jenny. But, uh, two years to write a book? Why, that's uh, 14 doggy years. Oui, that would be far too long for you to sit and do something. Uh, you don't think I can write the next great novel? I just don't think you could type it with your doggy paws. Uh, you got me there, but me paws are good at digging dirt. We, uh, oui, that they are. Uh, oh, look, it's the time. It's time to quit. Uh, so we have to tell everyone goodbye now, Max. Okay. Monsieur Announcer, it's time to say au revoir. Okay, thanks, Liz. And uh, it's uh, Denny. And we hope you all enjoyed today's podcast and can join us again next time for Chapter 6 of The Ark, The Reed and the Fire Cloud, when we come across something big and orange. 
Orange, you glad we're bringing it next time? <laughs> you, you see what I did there with the orange and... <laughs> Never mind. We'll see you then. <laughs> Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. To purchase your copy of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, www.epicorderofthe7.com. That's epicorderofthe7.com. See you next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us. Have a grande! Au revoir!